You're listening to the Spiritual Knockout with Catherine Macri. that comes out of my mouth. And I'm just getting warm. Because as an entrepreneur, um, you always have to be on your own ass. Here's the Sesame Street message of the day. Zero capability to focus today. Oh my God. And so take a look at how you're standing in your own way. Know where your standards are. Raise them if you have to. There's a whole lot of crazy shit happening right now. Know your goddamn life. At this point, I think I find things hilarious. Welcome to the Spiritual Knockout. Today, we're going to chat about adversity, about all of the hardships that keep coming up in your life, about all the ways in which you're resisting the lessons, about the ways that you're taking your mind and focusing on what you don't want rather than what you do want and how to float through adversity and embrace it with open arms every time it shows up rather than cringing and wanting to hide under a rock. So let's get real for a second. Shit happens in your life and you blow up like a bomb. You talk all about how the shit stuff and things are bothering you, how they're wrong, how they persist, how they keep coming up, why they're happening, and what you continuously are focusing on is the negative aspects of why it's there. And what you continue to get is exactly what you're asking for, more of the negative aspects of why they're there. And so rather than going from this place where you are before the adversity happens, you begin to spiral down. Your energy begins to drag into a lower energetic field and it starts to collect more low energies. It starts to attract more people with the same circumstances, outlook, and situations. And all you do is find yourself walking through the minutes of every day, feeling heavier and heavier and heavier and not understanding why. Well, let's chat about why that is. So we've been predetermined, pre, pre-programmed to understand that when stuff goes wrong, we need to sit in it and dwell. And I'm here to urge you to be the evidence, to be the proof, to take you through circumstances, situations, and scenarios that have changed because I have changed the way that I have responded versus reacting to what is transpiring in my life. And again, the things that are coming up in your life, the adversity, the trouble, the shit, let's just call it what it is, the shit, right? When you're in the shits, it's because... You are seeing tangible evidence, proof in front of your eyes of what you have created. So you can't blame anybody but yourself in that moment. There is nobody on the face of the earth that you can pin for the shit that's happening in your life but you. So if you're doing that, I want you to stroll your ass over to a mirror and take a long, hard look at the person who is actually responsible for what has happened. I want you to understand that where your thoughts have gone and your emotions have driven you is the byproduct of what you are now seeing and that you have the ability to change that in an instant. And it all starts with your feeling. So we've been always taught that, you know, we have to think about what we want to bring about. And I disagree with that. 
the biggest muscle in our heart and the highest vibrating, sorry, the biggest muscle in our body, the biggest tool that we can use for vibration is our heart, is the emotion. Our emotions drive our mind. Our mind is simply a muscle that we must learn to flex based on what's emotionally driving us. And when you get to the core of what drives you emotionally and you understand how to sit and harness and and be aware and in tune with what you're emotionally feeling, you can understand the direction that you are going to take your mind in, which will allow you to manifest the life that you desire. So let's roll back to the adversity that we're talking about. And let's talk about how stuff happens in your life, the bad things, and how we tend to dwell on the bad things and how the bad things then tend to expand. And so what I'm going to encourage you to do is to look at the bad things, not as bad things, but as really, really, really good ones. First of all, you need to thank yourself for your strong ability to manifest. Because if you stop and think of whatever that is in your life, right now I want you to stop for one minute. Whatever it is that's popped in your head, I want you to try to, for a moment, put the pieces together and connect how you actually, through your thoughts and feelings, brought that thought, that vibration into tangible reality. You brought that into fruition. It's there because you thought about it, because you spoke about it, because you felt about it. And it showed up. So you need to thank yourself for how truly magical you are. And you manifested something you actually didn't want. And know that the reverse actually works as well. So let's stop and be thankful for the fact that you brought that into your life. Because yeah, that you're that magic, man. You're that magic. You're like the leprechaun on Lucky Charms. You are that magic. So stop and understand and appreciate in this moment that you have the ability to manifest. Albeit you did not manifest something you wanted, but you manifested nonetheless. Now, what do you do with this? What do you do with this now that you've manifested something that you do not want? Well, you have the ability to understand it in a different way, to shift your paradigm around what it is that is happening through you, not to you. Stop. And understand why this has shown up in your life. Adversity comes in when there's a lesson to be learned. And I get asked all the time through my clients, through people that I randomly meet, how do I get over this obstacle? And my answer is simplistic. You embrace the lesson. If there is a mountain in front of you that you must climb, and you are ready to say that everybody else under the sun has put the mountain in front of you, When you realize that that mountain is there because it is the creation of your own mind, thoughts, and actions, you can also realize that you have the power to surmount it. So I want you to stop again in that moment and right right now in this moment, and I want you to focus on what it is that you focused on before. That's the problem. That's the adversity. That's the struggle in front of you. And I want you to be thankful that it's there to understand what is the lesson here that I can learn? How can I take what's in front of me and grow from it? Is it begging me to level 
myself to a next type of human being? Is it asking me to understand the perspective from somebody else's eyes and heart and mind? Is it asking me to do something I've never done before? Is it asking me to simply let go of what I'm trying so hard to hold on to? What is the lesson here? Time does not move through seconds and minutes and hours. It moves through the lessons and how we grow, how we expand, how we learn. And so the more that you stop and embrace the adversity that's in front of you and you love it for what it is because you know you are a different human on the other side of this adversity, then my lovelies, when that comes into your life, you approach it with such calm, such peace, such certainty, such strength, such compassion, and the ability to understand it from every perspective. And when you can do that, the universe graces you with the clear, conscious understanding of why this lesson is in your life. Adversity comes up because it's begging you to become the human being that you were meant to be. We are all spirits in this world. We have come in. We have been able to understand certain things. And as we awaken and we grow and we ascend and we understand, these veils, these illusions become thinner and thinner and thinner. And through that ability, we are able to grow so much more rapidly to ascend and awaken in a way that we haven't before. And it becomes a privilege to watch the illusion of the tangible reality in front of us exist. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. We come into this world completely free, completely awake, completely clear. It is our life circumstances, the people, the places, the things, the parents, the relatives, the teachers, the employers, the friends that teach us through their own circumstances, through their own agreements, through their own paradigms as to how we should behave. And we adopt these behaviors, especially as children in our formidable years. They are forming us to understand patterns of behavior, to understand the ways that we should be. They are not necessarily right. They are those people's beliefs. And then if you decide to awaken, if you decide to step into your spirit, you spend many years undoing those things, awakening to the fact that those were not your ideas to begin with. And so that's when the adversity comes up. Because you have asked to grow, to learn, to ascend and to understand. And that adversity, those problems, those incessant things that happen in your life are there so that you can float and rise and the veils can become thinner and you can step back into the spiritual being that you were and shed this illusion of human reality. 
And so when you understand your problems and your adversity from that point of view, you sit seated in your soul, aware and observant of what is truly happening. I have seen myself go through this process and it never, ever ceases to amaze me. Ever. That every time adversity comes up now, before I would react, I would fly off the handle, I would get angry, I would go into ego, I would want to fight back, I would want to lose my mind, I would want to point fingers and blame. And now I'm at a point where I'm calm. And yeah, when it happens, my back goes up. I'm still a human. So my human side reacts first. I'm 40. I've spent many years living as a human. And so I instantaneously go into ego because that's what I'm pre-programmed to do until I take a moment and I breathe and I collect myself. And I give myself permission to step away from whatever it is that is nagging at me. The other humans who are begging me to interact, to engage in their problematics, in their human experience, in their need to sit in ego. And I step away. I give myself permission to step away, to step outside of that human exchange to sit, to take a breath, to take a moment to regroup, to recenter, to breathe into my heart, to list and redefine who I am, what my values are, and what's happening at my very core. And in those few moments, I find calm and I find peace. And then I find the ability to see the adversity through the lesson that I'm supposed to learn, through the way that it is aching and trying to disturb my peace. And when you become so aware of who you are, your authentic self, why you are here in this space and time, you sit in the seat of your soul and you do not waver. And you are able to then discern why this adversity has come into your life, why this fuzzing problem is here, and what it is that you want to respond to the energy. Reactivity comes from ego. Response comes from a spirit, from a soul that is rooted in peace and in knowingness and in strength. Strength does not react. Strength sits, understands, assesses, evaluates the lesson, and responds. And so what I can tell you about adversity and the problem that's persisting in your life is that it is there for a reason. And should you have the strength to sit, to regroup, to collect yourself and to assess why it is there for your growth, to understand and discern all the players who are involved and all the ways in which their lives are projecting towards you 
all the ways in which their lives and their insecurities and their lessons are coming through this adversity. You can discern why it has come up in your life and decide how you want to respond. So time is an illusion. Life is not linear. And if you stop and understand, you can see the patterns that have repeated over and over. And the lessons that come up, typically, they have a theme, your adversity. If you look at them, they have a theme. And if it's the same situation coming up over and over and over again from different people, stop blaming outward and start asking yourself, what can I do to learn this lesson? How can I grow? How can I learn? How can I master this lesson in front of me? Because if it has come up so many times, it will continue to come up louder and more incessant and more bothersome and in more ways that you could not imagine that are will bring you to your knees. They will bring you to your knees until you surrender and you have a willingness to learn. You have a willingness to soften, to understand, to evaluate, to step into your spirit. Your human is begging you to unlearn everything it is carrying around with it. To sit calmly and peacefully in spirit. To watch the alchemy of the universe play out before you. You were meant to be happy. You were meant to live in greatness. You are meant to be the master of your own life. We are all meant to have everything we have dreamt of. That's in our soul. That makes our heart happy and sing and fly. However, the price to pay is the unlearning of all of the things our humans have adopted, our human being has adopted onto our spirit. And so when you learn to embrace adversity and to love it, to love it, I love when adversity happens in my life. I love the strength and the calm and the peace that I now look at it with. How I embrace it and understand it and welcome it how it has brought me to my knees, shaken me to my very core and been the catalyst for the life that I'm privileged to live and the ways in which I spend every moment of every day sharing what I've learned and living my life on purpose. And so I encourage you, my beautiful, beautiful friends, to embrace the adversity, because there is so much beauty in it. Peace out, beautiful people. Have an incredibly awesome day. Thank you so much with all my heart for finding value in this. And the only way that we're going to change the world is that I reached one, and my lovelies, you need to teach one. So share this with your friends. Share the lessons. Share the podcast. Share the love. Because there's someone out there looking for this message. Go forth, conquer your day. Know that you are meant for greatness. Know that you are meant to be happy. It's your birthright. But know that that will come with lessons. That will test your strength. And that beauty 
is on the other side. Peace out. It's Catherine Macri. Welcome to the Spiritual Knockout. Today I'm going to talk about being selfish. It's a word that has such a negative connotation. It's a word that is used against you if you're doing something that somebody else doesn't want you to do. And I'm here to tell you it is one of the most resourceful, useful, high vibrating things you could do for yourself. Selfishness is the singular most important thing that you could do because it fuels your fire. We're taught that selfishness is something that allows you to place other people secondary. And why is that something that's bad? Why is placing yourself first negative? Why is it that we are taught not to take our own needs into consideration, not to advocate for what we need, what we want and how we need it and how we want it. So let's, let's pull back for a minute. Let's pull back and talk about selfishness and what that actually means. That means taking some time out for you. That means doing the things that make you happy. That means choosing your needs, your wants and your desires above everybody else. Okay, can you holler at me for one second and tell me why is that bad? How many times have you done something for yourself and felt like a million, if not a billion dollars after you did it? So why is it that we give ourselves such slack when we decide that we have to do that? I'm going to have the audacity to tell you to be selfish in every single minute of your day. I mean, it's simplest. It can be simplistically put. Here's, Here's the thing that I took from a children's book that I always refer back to my kids. And um, I'm going to totally, totally bastardize the name of the book, but it's, it's about a bucket. I think it's called Filling Your Bucket. And it's all about how when your bucket gets to empty, there's nothing left to give. And I say to my kids all the time, my bucket is full of water. And if you're thirsty and you need for me to give you some water to drink because you're desiring that, you need to quench that thirst, that energy. I need to make sure my bucket is full at all times. Not only is it full, but it needs to be overflowing. And the only way to do that is for me to mind my bucket first. And so when I inherently taught them that lesson and they understood the difference between their mother having an overflowing bucket and their mother having an empty bucket, man, they give me my time now when I need my bucket full. And so when they're asking and they're asking and they're questioning and they need me to do this because they're children and they they deserve that. However, they know the difference now. They know when I'm on empty and I need to fill myself up. And so what I'm saying to you is what is left in your fucking bucket? If it's empty, my love, please, it's time for you to go replenish that because nobody can drink out of an empty bucket. And everybody that you meet is thirsty. They are thirsty for your attention. They are thirsty for your time. They are thirsty for your engagement. They are thirsty for the opportunity to sit with you, to take from you, to want from you, to need from you. And that's not a bad thing if you have to give. And so I want you to take a long, hard look at those things that give to you, the things that fill your bucket. 
man, and for the easiest thing for me is like a five minute dance break. And I put on whatever tune I'm into. Lately, it's country. Sometimes it's hip hop and R&B. But I put on whatever is going to raise my vibration. And I fill my bucket so it overflows and so that I can let it spill out into the world. So what does that look like for you? I want you to take a minute right now and I want you to reflect on whatever the hell it is that's popping up into your mind is exactly what you should be doing. I've had conversations with so many people and some people are like, it's golfing and some people are like, it's gardening and some people are like, it's, it's taking a jog or a run or going to the spa or meditating or dancing my ass off or sex or whatever it is that fills you up, that makes you feel good, that raises your vibration, that makes your eyes grow wide, that gives you a twinkle in your eye gives you goosebumps, makes a hair on the, stand up. It's on its edge. Those are the things that make your heart want to jump out of your body. That set your soul on fire. That make you want more from life, to give more to people, to face every day and to understand that life and every moment is a blessed opportunity. Those are the things that you need to be doing. That is the type of selfishness that is necessary in order for you to be selfish, selfless. Those two words need to go together. You need to be selfish in order to be selfless because you can't give from something that you don't have. And when you're in a relationship and an interaction, if, it, if it's a romantic relationship, if it's a relationship with your children, your brother, your sister, your work colleagues, your mother, your teachers, whoever the hell it is, it's a place where you go to give, not to take, not to take. And we're taught things backwards. We're taught to go to get something from somebody because it's what we need. We should never go into something wanting and needing something from somebody else. We should show up asking ourselves, what am I here for? How can I give to them? How is this a place where I can exchange and interact and grow and love and evolve? And in order for you to do that, you need to be self-aware and in tune and understand how you can give to you first. Because when you inherently understand how you can give to you first, you will not go to something in search of. In search of. That's why most relationships and interactions and opportunities end up as a negative experience because you as an individual are going there searching, expecting, wanting, needing. And the only people that you search and expect and want and need from is yourself. And so when you take those moments to be selfish, to understand what it is that you're wanting and needing and you learn the ways that you can give that to you, the ways that you can fill yourself up, you will not go to somebody else on empty in search of taking what they have already given themselves. It's called boundaries. It's called self-awareness. It's perception. It's growth. It's opportunity. And so I dare you in this moment to understand how the word selfish is probably one of the most beautiful things you can do for yourself. And let's spin it and shift that paradigm into something that's negative into a very, very positive one. So I dare you to have the audacity to be selfish enough to give to you. To sit and identify the ways in which you fill your own bucket up. 
whatever that may be. And don't judge yourself. Don't judge yourself for, for whatever it is. And don't wait for the right time to do things. Don't wait for the opportunity. If you can't schedule it in and the whim hits you, man, run with it. But I encourage you in every day, two times, three times a day, to schedule a way in for selfishness. Take a moment before you walk into a scenario. Close your eyes. Take some breaths. Don't walk in depleted. How are you serving that individual if you walk in with an empty bucket? When you walk towards life and understand that every opportunity is an every opportunity to give and to grow and to learn and to evolve, your interactions will become different. Your views will change. If you're looking to pull and to need from outside of you, my God, are you going to end up with negative and difficult circumstances? But when you go and you give into every single moment that you're there and you feel safe enough to be able to do that in your interactions, life can switch and evolve and change in an instant. So I encourage you today, your call to action is your selfishness to understand that is a beautiful word, a necessary word, a word that will allow you to grow and change and to bring beauty into every interaction that you have. So my friends, go out today and be selfish in whatever way that that looks like for you. I dare you to schedule that in regularly. I dare you to go on the whim when it presents you. I dare you to recognize when those things need to happen and to understand that you are the only one who can give it to you. So go ahead and be selfish. I fucking dare you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for joining in. I'll talk to you soon. Have an awesome day. It's Catherine Macri. Welcome to the Spiritual Knockout. So as I lay on my chair and am just completely relaxed at 8 o'clock in the morning, um, I thought to myself, hey, you know what? We really got to address the subject of alignment versus hustling. Why is alignment more important than the hustle? After me spending 24 hours literally decompressing, doing nothingness, getting completely relaxed, um, and ensuring that now that I've relaxed, that my only thing to do is to get into a complete alignment and raise my vibration. And why? Why is that important before you hustle, before you get into the work and the productivity? Because I found myself in the last four to five days really doing a lot of work and being really busy um, and not necessarily being productive. And I had to stop and check in with myself and say, what the heck is really happening? Actually, that's not the words that went through my mouth. The words that went through my mouth and my head were what the real fuck is going on. And I had to stop. And even though I've practiced for years and years and years alignment, um, I still have to check in and it's, it's a daily thing, right? And so what I did was stop and ask myself, what, what the heck is happening? Why am I not at the top of my game? Why am I not being able to manifest pretty much instantaneously like I usually can? And it's because I wasn't in complete alignment because I had to be introspective for some time. And that's what I spent probably about four or five hours doing yesterday was completely coming to zero, what did that tangibly look like? That looked like canceling my afternoon, giving myself complete permission to put every single ounce of work away, to put on a movie, to sit and do nothing and eat a cheese pizza because it made my heart happy 
and to just be still. And it was the most relaxed I had felt probably in about two and a half to three weeks. And it was a luxury to feel that relaxed. And so I literally put myself to bed at 830. Um, I didn't put myself to bed. I actually fell asleep. But that's when you understand what your body needs, right? My body needed to come back to that resting position. I was this pendulum that had taken off and was going back and forth like crazy and back and forth like crazy. And there was no necessary rhythm. It got all wonky. You know, when you have a pendulum and it kind of goes and it's going so fast that it kind of gets out of order. And that's exactly what had happened. And so I needed to bring that pendulum back to a standing position. And that's exactly what I did. And now that that was done at 3.30 in the morning, I woke up just ping, my eyes were open. And I knew that it was time to settle into that relaxed standing position and to be able to allow my mind to assess how I had gotten so askew, how I had gotten to the place where I was flying around. And I was able to put into perspective the things in my life that had taken me there, that had pulled me away, that had taken me as a distraction, that had that had taken me off the course that I was on. And it was little incremental things that over time, over the course of three weeks had become significant, that they were insignificant little things, right? It's habits of behavior. It was something that I would spend just a minute on three weeks ago. And then a minute turned to two and then two turned to three. And then before I knew it, oh my God, it was, it was distraction upon distraction for, you know, 20 minutes at a time. And it kind of threw everything off. And so when I was able to come to zero and to understand that, I was then able to make progress in removing those things from my life to understanding how I needed to restructure and to reorganize every single thing that was happening in my day. And so I took, and so it's 8.18 in the morning and I was able to take the time to regroup, reconsider where I had been giving my energy, my power, my thoughts, and how I had allowed it to run away from me and to regroup. And so what did that actually look like? That looked like me kind of sitting and thinking for a bit, understanding, regrouping, going for a really long walk in nature, taking the time to come back to the things that were important that mattered to me, stretching, laying down, doing nothing, relaxing, meditating, and coming back to this point in time right now where I feel completely still. And from this point, I can start to raise my vibration. And so the act is this. I'm going to give you some steps. If you feel like everything is running away from you and you feel like you're not in alignment, which means that you simply don't feel happy, right? Alignment is when you're happy and you're joyful and you're able to see tangible proof of what it is that you want showing up. The process is to stop, drop, and roll, literally, to give yourself permission to completely cease what it is that you're doing. Because if you try and touch any work, my friends, it is not going to happen. It's not like magic because you're out of alignment. So I would give you permission to stop whatever you're doing to indulge in the things that you love, whether it's a hot bath, going for a run, um, meditating, watching a movie, hanging out with friends, whatever just brings you back to that resting position, that chill that relaxation, 
that very, very, very cool, calm, collected vibe. And from there, then I invite you to take some time to think and to regroup on how that got away from you. And when you understand it inherently, then it's time to get some stillness in your mind again, to release those thoughts. And you can do that through meditation. You can go for a long walk. You can take a piece of paper and write out all the things that you've discovered or all the things that are bothering you and burn the paper if you feel like it or just tuck it away somewhere. But then the point of alignment starts to come in and it's time to raise your vibration. And so what does that look like for me next? It looks like for me, taking a long hot shower to wash that energy off my body and to put on some music that's going to make my soul sing and set my heart on fire and then to take time in my schedule right after that and to start to write out all of the things that I want to manifest. And my only job after that is not to go immediately into the hustle but is to keep my alignment high, is to keep my vibration exciting, happy, joyful, fulfilling, so that in every moment I have a smile on my face. That's the only priority. And then you can get to the hustle. Then you can take all of those things that you've written down and all of those dreams and ideas, and you can turn them into a productivity list, which you have to manage by tasks, which will be a whole other podcast. But then you can get into the hustle of it. And that's why alignment is so important. Think back to a time where you were working like an animal and anything you touched at that point turned to shit. And that's because you weren't in alignment anymore. And so when you stop and you regroup and you understand how it all got away from you and you reel it all back in, you take a seat, you chill, you get back to zero. And moment by moment, you start to raise your vibration. And through raising your vibration, you will get a hustle back like you did not have before. And that is why it is so important to always be in alignment. Because the hustle flows so much easier. And the alchemy of the universe works with you. And that tangibility shows up as if by magic. I hope you enjoyed this. Have a great day. And stay tuned for the next one. Hey, it's Catherine Macri, and this is The Spiritual Knockout. Today, we're going to talk about living your life on autopilot. I mean, how many people in the world allow life to happen to them? How many people wake up with no rhyme or reason, no goals, no empowering habits of behavior, and they simply exist and go through the motions. Well, if you're not one of those people, then we're going to have a couple tidbits of information to give you today. Let's talk first about habits. Webster's Dictionary defines habits as an acquired mode of behavior that has become nearly or completely involuntary. How many of you are living life by your habits, living life by the habits that you've created that empower you in every single moment? So here's where this came from. I've spent the last four or five days having to deal with some family matters that had me shift from my very focused, very habit-driven lifestyle to one of autopilot for four days because I had to deal with a family matter that was urgent, that came up out of nowhere, and that I simply had to work through. And now I found myself four days later, just before falling into bed last night, thinking about how I could go on autopilot for four days, 
not allow everything that I've ever worked towards to fall to the wayside, but to easily understand that because my habits were so powerful, because my habits were empowering ones, that it allowed my life to still move forward, even though I had flicked the autopilot switch on. That's pretty huge. When your engine is still going at full force to bring your dreams forward and forward and forward motion, even when you've taken a step away, that is when you know that your habits are so ingrained that you've done a really friggin' awesome job. And so last night I was laying there thinking to myself, for four days I hadn't really moved physically forward in any of my action plan and business because I'm very strategic and very focused. However, my empowering habits of behavior, which are all fueled by emotion, right? Our habits of be let me let me segue for one second here. Our habits are all driven by an emotion and our habits are either empowering habits or disempowering habits. For the most part, we come into this world and we are taught by people living on autopilot. We're taught by parents, by caregivers, by bosses, you know, even if it's at a young age, by teachers, for sure, the school system, we are taught disempowering habits. And so our emotions drive these disempowering habits and then our life ends up happening to us rather than us allowing life to happen in the way that we want it to. And it's not so much control, but it's an understanding and a discernment of what it is that you need and how it is that you're going to build day by day to get it. And habits aren't, obviously, they're not formed in a day, but they're compounded over time. And it's as simplistic as cutting out a can of Coke, if that's what you drink. And by cutting out a can of Coke over a three-year period, I think the statistic is, don't don't you dare quote me on this because it's 6 a.m. And I don't know if I have my facts right, but the statistic is something like you can lose, I think, 26 pounds over three years by simply cutting out a can of Coke. And that's a compounding effect. So our habits have a compounding effect, whether they're good habits or whether they're bad habits. If you pick up a cigarette today and every day for a year you're having a cigarette, you're a smoker at that point, right? And, and not only that, I bet you along the the way you've you've graduated from more than one cigarette a day. And that also is the compound effect. And so let's switch back to going to autopilot and, and how your habits of behavior, if they're really empowering ones, can rule you and then can actually fly your plane. And that your habits are so ingrained that they become a sophisticated system that you can then run on. And so your habits are so powerful that even when you're not focused mind, body, and soul on having to be putting one step and one foot in front of the other, that your habits are still going to get you to where where you want to go. And so this is kind of a haphazard podcast. And I'm sure that there will be more on this, but here are my, my meandering thoughts this morning are that I want you to ask yourself, how strong are your habits? How empowering are your habits? Are they empowering enough that if you had to switch to autopilot for three to four days, that your life would still be moving ahead in the direction that you wanted to? And so last night as I lay there before bed, I assessed how in three to four days of me completely derailing, my my life is pretty regimented and planned because I have a direction that I'm going in. But for derailing my life for three days, two to three days, actually three to four days, 
that my, my overall plan was still moving forward. And that I knew exactly what I had to do was to take a beat today to clear my schedule, to realign with all my plans and take the momentum that was still happening, even though I wasn't completely present and to throw some more coal on the fire to get that engine going even faster and harder. So ask yourself, could you go on autopilot for three to four days and still have your life in a forward moving motion? If you can't, then your habits are not strong enough. They haven't compounded over time to be the reason why your life is moving forward even when you're not present. So that was today's little tidbit on autopilot. And I know, like I know, like I know, there will be so much more to come, but that was some food for thought. Are your habits ruling you or are you ruling your habits? Are they empowering or are they disempowering? And if you want to learn how to create healthy habits, well, tune back in because I will definitely do a podcast on that. But for today, what I'm going to leave you with, a little tidbit of homework is to ask yourself what your three biggest habits are without even realizing Because habits are something that you could do without your mind there. And so if your habits are empowering, keep them. And if they are disempowering, I encourage you to write out a list of what it is that you would want to change and what it is that you would like to implement. I hope you enjoyed that little bit of thought circling around. And I hope you have a really great day. Hey, it's Catherine Macri. This is The Spiritual Knockout. All right. I just got off the phone with one of my favorite human beings. And we were talking about triggers. How well do you fucking know yourself? How well do you know the ins and the outs about why you do the things that you do that make you act the way that you act, that make you respond and react? How well do you know you? Do you even take the time to understand yourself? While you're out there busy, wondering, studying every other human being on the exterior, do you take the time to switch and take a look at you, to analyze, to dissect, to run those stories in your mind of why you do the things that you do? So ask yourself what your triggers are. I mean, I know my triggers all too well. They're funny. We all have addictions in one way or the other. And if you come to understand why it is that you are addicted to the things that you do, whether it's television, whether it's alcohol, whether it's sex, whether it's drugs, whether it's Instagram, why you slip into this place, into this mindless reality where you can escape all the stuff and the things that you're not willing to look at. If you can understand what triggers that, then you can unlock the key to your success and so it's through tons of introspection right and it's through a lot of asking yourself what am I really looking for a lot of awareness around how often you repeat the same thing over and over and you find yourself time and time and time again saying this is what I want to change oh so badly but not understanding how to make that change because you simply think that it's a change in behavior 
It's not. It's a change in emotion. It's a change in understanding what that emotion is and why you've written that story around that behavior. And so recently, I'm going to say in the last couple of weeks, I've been chatting with somebody who has a constant addiction to drinking, to drugs, and to smoking. And it's funny because it's cyclical. It's every three weeks where the person dives down and they slip into this place where they spin out of control and they try and reel it all back in. And the habitual pattern has constantly been their need to change everything in a day. Well, change, it happens over time. And coupled with that, this person's unwillingness to understand the root of what's causing them to spin into every single one of those mindless habits of escape. So when you can look at your life, and you know, it may be simple, maybe something as simple as half an hour on Instagram, maybe half an hour on a dating app, maybe, maybe an hour of drinking, maybe a pack of smokes, maybe TV, maybe mindless eating to the bottom of the bag of chips where you feel like a sack of shit after. Stop and ask yourself what it is that you're actually after and why it is that you're doing what you're doing. Because babies, it ain't about what you're doing. It's about why you're doing it. So get to know what's at the core of your driving emotions. Is it a need for love? Is it a need for feeling important? Is it a need for feeling seen, for feeling heard, for feeling wanted, for feeling as though you're accomplished? for wanting to escape the noise, for not being want to be seen at all. Reflect inward and ask yourself, why is it that I do the things that I do? And if you are wanting so terribly to change those habits, then introspection is the only way. It's down the fucking rabbit hole and that's a scary fucking thing to do but when you can jump in blind where you can't see you can't hear you can't taste you can't smell you don't know what fucking way is up or down and you sit in it shaking finding it hard to breathe deafened by the silence and you hold on And you lean into the fear of it. You get right up into it. I can guarantee you that you will start to hear with senses you didn't know you had. Start to see in ways that you couldn't. Start to feel your way through things. And then will come a glimmer of light with part of the answer part of that beautiful intricate puzzle piece so today i beg of you i fucking implore you to understand why it is you do the things that you do thanks for listening i hope you have a great day
Hey, it's Catherine Macri. This is the Spiritual Knockout. Today, we're going to talk about leaning in. Those uncomfortable feelings, those moments where you feel like you're going to throw up all over the place. Those times where life is begging you to become a different version of yourself than you know. I had a conversation with one of my clients yesterday, and we spoke about how when you're in the midst of up-leveling, you look different. The molecules and the composition of your energy and your tangible body changes. And it's how you can identify when you get really good at understanding the signs and really good to paying attention to the energy around you, inside of you, that you can discern how those things start to show up. And how when you're in the middle of something that's going to be really, really huge, that you look different. You sound different. You talk different. You walk different. But let's talk about what happens before that. In the moments where you feel lost, and you feel discomfort, and you feel like things are not the same, how do you deal? I get that question at least once a day. What do I do? How do I fix this? There's no answer that is going to be the magic solution apart from you leaning right in to everything you feel. And I'm telling you, I have been through this a million times and every time I'm about to go into it, it scares the fuck out of me even more. Because you know the type of person you're going to end up on the other side of it. You know that life is going to be completely different. And you do with trepidation what you do every single time, which is resist. Because ego wants us to resist change. To resist change becoming the next version because it's the unknown man and ego doesn't like the unknown because it's spirit's ability to fly and it scares the fuck out of every single person scares the shit out of me and I've done this for years but every time you lean into the discomfort and you allow the feelings of anxiety of fear to let the tears flow, to let the emotions run wild, to let the anger come up to the surface, the insecurities come out. Allow it all to consume you. It's in that consumption that you slip in to this dark space where you can't see, you can't hear, you can't taste, you can't touch but you can trust. Trusting is everything. Trusting is standing at the edge of the pool, not being able to see and being forced to jump in, whether you know there's no water, you know that there's nothing below your feet, but it's just letting go and understanding that there's a plan that's bigger for you. And our ego, my ego's fighting with me right now because it wants to know the answers. It wants to understand what's about to happen. 
But what my ego can't discern is that my spirit has a bigger plan than the ego can ever imagine on its own. And until you lean in and allow every single one of those emotions to flood up over you, you'll never know what's possible. Sometimes it takes hours, sometimes it takes days, sometimes it'll even take months. But the longer that you resist the feelings, the worse it becomes. And the easiest way is just to slow right down. To stop everything that you're trying to do. That hustle, that day-to-day grind, the picking up the phone, the scheduling the meetings, because you'll find that nothing sticks. There's no traction. You have no ability to even get anything done. That's because that version of you is not the one who's going to do it. And that's when you need to put down your fucking circles, your goddamn lists, your phone calls, your errands, your running around, you're getting your stuff and things done. Close the doors. Turn off the lights. Sit in the silence. Oh, and how that's fucking scary sometimes. But the silence is where the answers are. And when you turn it all off, you're able to start to feel your way through. Because the busyness, the distractions... They're all your ego's ways of trying to keep you exactly where you are. So take that deep breath. Lean into everything you are trying to avoid. Let it consume you until you are waiting in anticipation to see the other person on the side of that. And when you get really good at this, you can watch how your molecules and composition change and how you physically look different. They become your cues in understanding that you're about to up-level in a way that you never have before. And so the answer to all of it is to get right into it. As scary as it may be, lean the fuck in. Hope you like that. It's a spiritual knockout. We'll catch you next time on the flip side. Hey, this is Catherine Macri. It's a spiritual knockout. Today we're going to talk about why you do the things that you do. Do you know why you do what you do? Do you understand that it's triggered by something? That you go into these habitual patterns of behavior based on an emotion, based on something unfulfilled? Do you know why it is you choose to monotonously do the same thing over and over? Why you choose the methods of escape that you do, whether it's television, Instagram, scrolling for hours on end. Maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's sex. Why do you do the things that you do? If you took as much time to study yourself as you do in studying other people, you'd be winning in life in a way that you fucking never have before. 
I came to know and understand the reasons why I chose to do the things that I chose to do. Why I choose to do some of the things I still choose to do. I know what my vices are. I know when I'm trying to escape. And then I take the time to understand what I'm trying to escape from. And in doing that, I have the ability to call myself out on my shit. To be able to realize how I can up-level instead of staying where I'm at. And so I had a phone call with one of my favorite human beings in the whole fucking face of the planet. And we talked about why she was doing the things that she was doing when she knew it was holding her back. It was outside of one of her typical client sessions, but it was in one of those moments where she found herself on her knees. And she needed to hear the hard things that she knew already. But sometimes you need somebody else to call you out on your shit. And so if you have somebody like that in your life, discuss these things with them. Be vulnerable enough to be honest and true about what it is that you're doing. Understand how these patterns repeat over and over and over again. Your biggest concern in life should be yourself. Your greatest triumph should be understanding you to the very core. Some of these things are patterns of behaviors and beliefs that you've picked up along the way. And if you don't like them, great fucking news. You can unlearn them. But it takes time and effort. First, it takes your willingness to actually acknowledge it. And if you dare to be different enough to acknowledge it, if you dare to live a life out loud, then stand in front of a mirror, look yourself in the eyes, and call yourself out. Stop repeating things in passing. Stop slipping into the abyss and the void and the numb, that numb feeling when you slip into the things that are your vices. And ask yourself what you're really trying to run from. The you that you're hiding from. Because I bet you, you're not ready for the answers. And when you are, you can blow up the stuff in your life that you don't like. Those patterns that are on repeat the way you slip into hours of mindless Instagram, watching movies on end, not getting anything accomplished, binge drinking, binge eating. How many of you do that? How many of you reach the bottom of the bag of chips and you're like, fuck, why did I just do that? And do you say those words or do you hear those words? Why did I just do that? There's an answer there. It's driven by an emotional need. So today I beg of you to sit down, to see the places where you say, why did I just do that? Or to look at the ways in which you love to go numb, to slip down that rabbit hole and pretend like nothing else exists. Whichever way you decide to run, 
I want you to stop and turn around. Look back at yourself and understand where you're running from. And that's where you start. Take a breath. Take a long fucking hard look. And you can either turn around and keep running away or knees shaking one step at a time. Shuffle right into the fucking face of the problem. Peace out. I wish you nothing but the best on a journey like that because it's a long road and it's a scary one. But I promise you, it's so beautiful once you step inside. So have the audacity to step inside to your authentic self and see your greatness. Hey, it's Catherine Macri. This is a spiritual knockout. All right, flow with me for a second. I'm in the middle of writing and journaling and working through my own stuff and something popped up. And honestly, I don't know what we're about to talk about, but let's see what flows. And so here I am writing about relationships and my patterns of behavior and how I'm working towards breaking what's not serving me so that I can step into my authenticity in terms of relationships so that I can attract the ideal relationship for my life. And by doing that, I have to come into myself more and more and more and understand why I choose the things that I choose and why I've chosen the path that I've chosen. And let's just be real here. We all marry or replicate or get into relationships with and partnerships with people that represent the relationships we saw growing up, whether that was um, a guardian, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, whoever it was that was in your formidable years that helped you to understand that that's the way that a relationship worked. Let's deviate for one hot second here and talk about how people use their children as excuses for staying in a marriage that's toxic and not working. My lovelies, I am going to tell you, like I'm going to tell you in black and fucking white, The reason why you're using your children as excuses is simply a fear. Your children should be the reason why you propel yourself out of a toxic relationship. Learn and understand and dismantle those patterns of behavior to give them the fighting chance not to replicate the same. If you're in an unhealthy marriage, you are displaying to your children the exact thing that you're unhappy with. Know that they are learning by watching, not with what you're saying, And that if you're happy in your marriage and displaying the things to your children that you wish for them, that you wish is the type of relationship that they would be in, then my God, good for you. And if you're not, and I'm in no way, shape or form condoning divorce, what I am condoning is work. Roll up your sleeves, get to work on yourself. You cannot demand, you cannot hold over the partner's head that they become a better version of them. All you can do is work on you and hope that they do the same. Communication is key in a relationship, especially when there's something that's a disjoint. Work on you. Encourage them to work on themselves. However, it's not their responsibility to do that if they choose not to, nor is it yours. But the more that you work on you and be honest and open about what it is that's not serving you and making you happy, then you have the ability to stand a fighting chance. Anyways, let's go right back to where we left off for a second and being in a relationship and understanding that 
when you are in repetitive patterns of behavior, there are certain things that feel intoxicating. And I had a conversation a couple of days ago with a good friend of mine and, you know, she called me out on my shit and why I was in to these places with people where it felt completely intoxicating to be there and how the unhealthy habits and patterns of behavior were coming back up. And that word, as I wrote it this morning, intoxicating, and looked back at all of the toxic relationships I had been in. And they were, they were toxic and abusive. And I was not my authentic self. I was not showing up as the person I needed to be. And I had to go back and trace over time the ways that those patterns were displayed to me to understand how to step out of them, how to become a better version of myself so that I could show up into an authentic relationship, happy, whole, and not in search of what I knew. How do I change those brain grooves that have been so deeply patterned into my brain that I'm on autopilot in search of something that is toxic, in search of something that is helping me to repeat that pattern because ego wants what's safe. And so as I look through all of these incidents and occurrences that have come up in in a short amount of time, and I see all the people and the ways that they've come into my life and what feels good, it feels intoxicating, and I've used that word. I can't understand it. I'm drawn to them. I don't, it makes no sense because every fiber of my being is shouting no, but every molecule is saying yes. It's because my ego understands. This is a pattern we know. And so my ego is going ding, 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 run after that. It feels good. It feels right. I feel like I can't think straight. I feel like I'm intoxicated. And my brain, my ego mind tricks my soul into saying, this has to be right. This has to be good because it just feels good. Well, it doesn't. It feels familiar. And that intoxicating feeling, I am intoxicating myself. I am partaking in the toxic patterns of behavior that I work so hard to get away from. And the only answer to moving away from that intoxicating feeling is to understand why it is that you do what you do and to trace the commonalities between all of the partnerships and relationships that you've had and to be able to assess, to assimilate the similarities and the ways that you are intoxicating yourself. Your ego is driving you back into the same patterns of behavior over and over and over. And I'll admit it. I go into circumstances where I know that it's familiar, but I place myself into situations where I can stay in control and not be vulnerable. Why? Because I'm repeating the pattern anyways. And I don't stand a fighting chance like that. And so here I am on this podcast calling myself out of my shit. I spent an hour this morning writing that out. And so I dare you to look back to your relationships, look back to the people who raised you because that's where it started from. Your grandparents, your parents, your guardians, your aunts, your uncles, any relationships that you've seen, they were modeled, they were modeling the ways 
that you understand relationships should be. And look at the ways that you're inauthentically you in your current relationship or your past relationships. And ask yourself if that's what you truly want. Because you can sit there and complain. You can sit there and bitch and moan about the other person. But the only one who's responsible is you. You're the one who's responsible for removing yourself from that intoxication. For shedding all of the toxicity. It starts with you. And again, I will slip back into begging you to come to the realization that if you're currently in a toxic relationship and you're saying that you're saying for your children, I want you for a moment to step back and ask yourself what you are demonstrating to them. If you are providing them with an example of a healthy relationship that you would wish with every fiber of your being that they would be in. And if you're not, do fucking better. Own it, change it, grow from it. And I am not condoning divorce in any way, shape or form. That's a last resort. There are a hundred rocks before you. And unless you overturn every single one and understand that change starts with you and that if you have a partner who is willing and able and desiring deeply to create that change, then do that together. I get asked time and time again, how do I know when my relationship is over? Oh, my lovelies, you will just know. But you need to start with you. You need to dig so deep within yourself, get into your authenticity, get rid of your excuses, get rid of all of the things that you've been holding on to that are not true. Do your work. And so if you continue to choose intoxicating habits of behavior, ways that you show up in a relationship, that's on you. I hope this shed a lot of light. I hope that you take the time today to think about the things that I've brought up, to grab a pen and a paper and write out all of the ways that you've repeated these patterns of behavior based on what you learned growing up, what you're currently in, what you're currently searching for. I hope you take the time because it makes all the difference. And so I'm going to slip back into the work that I was doing on myself because the only way that we can manifest and draw in what truly matters and the things that are wonderful is by taking a long, hard look in a mirror and understanding why it is that we do what we do. This has been the Spiritual Knockout with Catherine Macri. I hope you have a blessed day. It's Catherine Macri. And this is The Spiritual Knockout. Today we're talking about toxic relationships. Oh my, what a fun subject. And we're not talking relationships between a man and a woman or a woman and a woman and a man and a man and anything loving in that way. We're talking beyond that. We're talking in terms of parents, in terms of friends, in terms of siblings, um, co-workers. Toxic relationships of all kinds. I tend to hear over and over and over again, why is this person in my life? How can I get rid of them? 
And sometimes, you know, blocking them, deleting them, nixing them off your social media, deleting their phone number, that shit just doesn't work because that toxic relationship will come back at you, whether it's through that person or through other people. Because my lovelies, that's a repetitive pattern that has to show up in your life for you. And so you can put your fingers in your ears and you can ignore the person in front of you that is delivering a lesson coded in their toxicity to command your attention to what needs to be healed with inside of you. It's called mirroring. And if it, you're into the spiritual community and understand universal energy, you'll understand what that term means. And what it simply is, is that whatever is happening in front of you, if it is irritating you, making you angry, making you full of rage, sad, putting you in a state that it's anything less than a happy vibration, it is because it is showing you something within you that needs to be fixed and needs to be healed. And so I dare you in this moment to take a survey of all of the quote unquote toxic relationships in your life, the people who are making you upset or striking a chord and to ask yourself, why? What are they making me feel? What are they representing? How is it that they're showing me something inside of myself that I need to learn. So let me take you through something super simple. There's somebody who continuously has popped up in my life for the last five months over and over and over. And I recognize it as both a toxic pattern, but also as an opportunity to heal. And I mean, I've been through awakening for way, way over seven, eight years now. And of course, my natural ego's instinct is to throw up my defenses, to be angry, to have blocked the person's phone number. Come on, we all did that shit. If the person was on social media, I would have blocked their ass too. But the person incessantly repeats and I incessantly go looking for the person. And it's because there's a lesson to be learned through both of us for each other. That's what the universe does. It brings you women. It brings you men. It brings you brothers. It brings you sisters, parents, lovers, friendships, so that you can grow and awaken and transcend. And so in my own circumstance, I have stopped and asked myself, why is there this draw to this energetic exchange with this particular person? What is it that I can learn? How is it that I can learn and grow? Why is it that I can figure out that I'm there for their learning, their growth, their life? And moreover, what is it that they're saying? How are the things that they're doing are bringing up triggers within me that require me to emotionally heal, that require me to look at all of the things that I've done up until this point that may not be working for me? How am I here to grow? And there's been many times we're in this exchange over the last couple of months where it has ceased to exist for weeks at a time. And then with a knowingness, because I'm in tune energetically, I know the person's about to pop back up again, which simply for me helps me to stop and reflect inward and understand what are they mirroring to me? What do I need to learn? And to know that the more you lean into love 
in any way, shape, or form. And I'm not just talking about love in terms of relationships, in terms of somebody you want to be with. I'm talking about love for yourself. The more that you lean into loving yourself enough to bring your awareness to what that lesson is, why that toxicity is showing up, why it's making you feel uncomfortable, why it's making you feel anger and rage and discomfort and why I dare say it's making you feel vulnerable. Then you can bring your awareness to where the lesson is. How do you need to heal? Where do you need to grow? How are they urging and reflecting that you become a better version of yourself? Is it asking you to be more tolerant, more patient? Is it asking you to heal some deep inner wound that comes from childhood? So I want you to get real with yourself. Survey the toxic, quote unquote, toxic relationships in your life. Why are they there? And my lovelies, if you want to get rid of them out of your life, really, because there are some people you just don't want to make space for, then the faster that you understand why they were brought into your existence to begin with and how you can grow from that, they will be gone in an instant. As if by magic. Everybody comes into your life to teach you something and you are also there to teach them. So don't be selfish and just wanting to know what your learning's about. Take a moment and understand how you may or may not contribute to what they need to learn. Yes, it is your narrative, your perspective based on what you're viewing in their life. But if you can understand how you're there to contribute to them, then you can help them grow. And it's funny because as I say this, there's aha moments going off in my head. Every time that you're in exchange with someone, It's an opportunity for both of you. And when you lean into love, which means loving yourself enough, giving to yourself enough so that you spill over, you can then give and give. Because a relationship, no matter what it is, no matter what type of relationship as a parent, as a sibling, towards your own parents, in a love relationship, in a friendship, in a coworker relationship, the more that you give to you, the more that you fill yourself up, the less you need anybody else and the more willing you are to give. Relationships, no matter what they are, are a place that you go to give. And you can only give when you have filled yourself to the point of overflow. And so look at the toxic relationships in your life. Ask yourself if you are going there to take. And if you are, Bring your awareness to what you're trying to take from and understand why it is that you can't give that to yourself. It's a choice. And so choose to do something better. Choose to give that to yourself and then go towards that relationship and understand how you can give to it. And it may shift. It may shift into something magical and not toxic anymore because you are healing and your healing is perpetuating growth in the next person. And so how do you get rid of toxic relationships is the question. You understand where the toxicity is coming from to begin with. Stand in the mirror. Understand what that person is reflecting back to you. Where those trigger points are. How they make you angry. And it's where you need to heal and grow. 
Give that time and space to yourself. Allow yourself permission to do the work. It's the only way you grow through things is you do the work. And the truth is, nine out of 10, you are not going to do it. You'd rather just sit and complain about it. And that's okay. Those are your choices. But be willing to recognize them as your choice and not the person's inability to heal with you. Someone else is not required to heal and transcend with you. You can provoke it within them. You can suggest it. You can bring their awareness to it. You cannot make that choice for them. And so this question continuously goes back to marriages and love relationships. And when you're in that type of relationship, you must give to yourself completely so that you can overflow and give to the other person. Relationship is not a place where you go to take. It's a place where you go to give. And you can only give when you are overflowing. And so if that person continues to mirror toxic behaviors to you and you put the work in and roll your sleeves up, the only thing you control is your own outcomes and actions. The only thing you can control is the amount of work you put in to grow and awaken and transcend in your own life. Sometimes it's a very difficult reality when the person that you love and want to be with is not putting in the work. Would rather shift the blame would rather point the finger than to take the long, hard look in the mirror, roll up their sleeves and put in the work because it's work. And so if you find yourself in a relationship like that, where the other person is unwilling a little bit or a lot to understand that they are part of the problem, but that their choice to put the work in is most definitely part of the solution. And if they're unwilling to do that, then you need to take a long, hard look at how much you've learned from that relationship. And if you've learned everything that you can, you've become the person that you needed to be. And the shift out from that relationship will happen naturally. And if you're sitting and you're questioning whether or not you should be there, you haven't put in enough work for yourself. So if you're sitting now in this moment and listening to everything that I'm saying, and questioning whether or not you should be with the partner that you're with, then I urge you with so much urgency. I mean, that was redundant, but it's the only way to really say it. Like there's a fire in your belly to put the work in for yourself. To learn as if you haven't had a drop of water to drink in years. Reflect understand how can you grow how can you love more how can you choose in every moment to become the best version of you you cannot take someone with you in a circumstance like this it's their own choice and it's of their own volition but what i can tell you is that the more work you put in on yourself that partner may do the same thing because people don't learn by what someone says. They learn by watching and what the other person is doing. And so if you are putting the work in on yourself, you can ask the other person to join you, but the choice is ultimately theirs. And so at some point you will know, and it will be a simple moment on a simple day that you have put in everything you possibly can 
and it's time for a shift to happen. You will just know. I get asked that question continuously. How do I know when my relationship's over? You'll know. And if you're asking me this question, you're not there yet. And so the answer to that is put the work in on your own for yourself. Keep growing and learning in love no matter what. Take a survey over all the years that you've been in that relationship with that person and understand what other lessons you have to learn. Because once you've learned every single lesson that you have, the relationship will naturally shift. Shift to a better place between the both of you or shift away from each other. And so toxic relationships are there for your healing. And when you understand that inherently, you will embrace every friggin' toxic relationship that comes into your life because they may put you through hell. And a lot of you are probably nodding right now, but they will be the best lessons of your life. Embrace them. Understand why they're there for you. Know the signs, know your triggers, understand the patterns. Because people like this have entered your life over and over again until you learn the lesson you're there to learn. They may show up as men, they may show up as women, they may show up as children, they may show up as parents, they may show up as co-workers. But the fundamental lesson, the reason why they're irritating you, the toxicity, it's the same. And I would Reel that all back towards something that triggered you from your childhood because that's where it came from. That is always where it comes from. So look at your relationships with your parents, people who've raised you teachers in your formidable years and understand how that pattern has repeated itself until you make a conscientious choice to embrace it, to heal and to grow from it. That's my spiel on toxic relationships. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope it helps. Hope it brings some awareness to your life. Lean in to it with love and embrace the friggin' roller coaster ride. Peace out, people. I hope you have an awesome day. Hey, it's Catherine Macri. Let's talk about how you have those moments where you feel like you're going batshit crazy. Where you stop and you say to yourself, I must be fucking delusional. And you kind of look around you in hopes that nobody's watching, seeing or could hear what's going through your head in those moments. The moments where you feel like you belong in a straitjacket behind closed doors in a padded room. Because your life is completely shattering apart. Come on. I know most of you listening have had those moments. Those moments of awakening. Those moments of self-actualization. The insanity before every single piece comes back together when the veil is lifted and you learn that lesson. To the untrained eye, your own, those around you, yeah, you're going fucking crazy. And I can only tell you that by experience from the moments where I thought to myself, oh my God, maybe there is something wrong with me. Maybe there is some kind of imbalance until I realized that every time those patterns went on repeat, 
it was because I was up-leveling and stepping into a new version of myself, breaking patterns, shifting paradigms, rewriting narratives. Hell, I had someone who I loved with all my heart committed to committing me, to getting me psychological help. And that tore my world apart. It broke me and shattered me to my core because I loved and valued the opinion of this person so much. I momentarily questioned my own sanity, my own choices, and my own life. Until I realized they simply didn't understand because they had never been there before. And so this podcast is for all of you who have those moments where you feel like the world is spinning out of control around you, where you can't breathe, where you can't see straight, where you can't move. Those, my lovelies, are moments of awakening. And if you are on a path of your soul's desire, those moments will become more frequent. They will become the exception to the rule. And so let's talk about how you identify them. Let's talk about how they come on, how you can sit with them, work with them, lean into it, and allow it to wash over you so that the wave can break and you can be on the other side of the calm storm. And I can tell you from experience because it's the only way that I know how. So in the last couple weeks, my whole entire life has been up-loving. Let's, oh, hell, let's call it a couple months. The last, the last I'm going to say, okay, we'll go back to weeks. Eight to 12 weeks, my life has been up-leveling. And I have had the ability to manifest these massive, massive things. And in the busyness of all of the followed of the manifestation of the actual tangible stuff of the doing because when it shows up you get caught in the doing right you're in it and if you're not aware and cognizant of what's happening you stop and forget to check in and god i'm fucking guilty of this one 100 but it was part of my learning process you stop and forget to check in to get in alignment with this new version of you and so i created and manifested this magnificent existence in a record-breaking amount of time. But what happened was that I had to step into this new level of me that was in my head. I had to step into this new level of who I was to show up in my life in the ways that this new tangible existence needed me to show up but my belief wasn't there. There was a crack. And in that crack, the darkness sometimes gets in. And so my ego, in its sneaky way, slipped in. And it brought with it fear. It brought with it anxiety. It brought with it doubt. It brought with it feelings of unworthiness. It brought all of its fucking friends to the party. 
And at first I understood it as being tired and not scheduling enough time for myself. And of course, in its fashion, it wants more than that. It wants a big old fucking party. And it wasn't having me feeling like I needed time for myself. And so your spiritual being starts to put up those red flags, starts to turn on those emergency lights. And if you're not cognizant of your cues, of the way your mind, your body, and your soul work together, then you tend to find yourself in places that you don't want to be, those places where you feel like you're batshit crazy. And so what happened next was that I started to understand I needed to slow down. And as I slowed down, I realized that my outside reality wasn't matching my inside reality. Therefore, my inside reality wasn't what I wanted on my outside reality. And I had to put the brakes on this beautiful, fancy car that I was driving. That's proverbial. I still drive a car that I don't love, but that's all part of it. And so here I was manifesting all these things that I wanted on the outside, the next level of my life. But there were still ways in which the tangible reality wasn't matching up with that. And I was stopped and I said to myself, what the real fuck is going on right now? And I've been through this enough times to understand that there was a disjoint between my mind, my body, and my soul. And if you follow my stories on social media, you're able to see how it unfolds over time because I'm candid and I share everything about my life in hopes that anything that I share has an impact on your growth. Because at the end of the day, that's the only reason why I do what I do. Getting to run a business from it is simply a byproduct. And so... I had to stop and check in and say to myself, what is happening? I'm feeling exhausted. My tangible reality is not matching that next level of manifestation. Reeled it back in and understood. Who came to the party? Well, ego showed up loud and clear and brought its friends fear. It brought it's beautifully unwanted guest of unworthiness. And that was a big one for me. Who am I to bring all of this into my life? Who am I to have the audacity to want the next things, the next steps, the next tangible proof? Who am I not to be happy with where I'm at? And then spirit piped up. And this is when you start to say to yourself, what the real fuck is going on in my head? When you have these little back and forth ping pong match between ego and spirit. And spirit pipes up and it says, if she doesn't, she'll stay where she is and never grow. And growth means contribution. And when you understand inherently, and I had to understand at that moment, that if I stayed where I was in my soul, in my mind... My body would not go places that would allow the tangible proof to pour in. That would show other people that they could do what I've done. And that was the key that unlocked the front door. 
that allowed Spirit and all of its friends to join the party. And so then I had all these people at this party in this big fancy old house. And I had to understand who was invited, who let themselves in, who I wanted to stay, and who needed to go the fuck home. And you know what happened next? My body started to give out because my soul, which was my spirit, my mind, which was my ego, were all at this party. The music was jacked up fucking loud and they're all dancing around. And my body, which is the house that they all live in, well, the walls started to shake. It started to bust at the seams. And so my body started to shut down. And that became my cue. When my body became exhausted beyond belief. And I'm bringing this podcast to you right now. Still not in recovery mode from that. Not wanting to go outside because it's peopley out there. And until my soul and my mind is ready to deal with all the peopleiness. I hold up inside like a hermit until my vibration is right. But let's go back to this party. The, the walls are vibrating. Jam is pumping. Spirit and ego are dancing together. Not sure if they want to continue. Ego's looking to catch everybody's eye. To lure everybody in. Dancing like a sexy motherfucker waiting for everybody. To have its eyes on ego and fall under its spell. Because ego wants to keep us safe. Ego wants to keep us in these repetitive patterns of behavior. Where its moves, its dance moves are so good they hypnotize you. And you forget why you're here to begin with. It's a seductress ego. And so they're all bopping in this fucking party and my, my body temple, my house is starting to break. And at first I don't listen and I chalk it up to a cold until my body decides to shut down completely. And of course, being the realist at times, I drive my ass to the hospital because that's how bad it got. And they run a series of tests and pokes and prods and blood levels and scans and ECGs and x-rays. And the doctor looks at me with probably about 100 eyes and says, you're good, man. And I look at him and at this point, it's about three o'clock in the morning. And drag my ass back home. And sit. And ask myself, what's really happening here? Because now we can't chalk it up to this human quality of being sick. My body is in a state of dis-ease, which I inherently know immediately is a disjoint between my mind and my soul. And my body is doing its job, this molecular structure this being of energy because that's all we are it's not real it's energy is pleading with me 
getting me down on my knees to understand that something is really out of alignment. And so a series of things start to pop up in my life. And if you ever have doubted why things come into your life when they do, how they're there, they are all there for your learning. And your ego knows. It knows it sent me pretty, pretty, pretty things that I had a very hard time saying no to. Because it knows how to get you where it hurts. And so my life was asking me to break one of the biggest patterns I've probably ever broken. And it put my body, my mind, and my soul in direct opposition with each other to command my attention. And when you're that dropped in and you are that cognizant that there is a lesson there for you, you become directly in commune with the universe. You speak its language and it's speaking directly to you. And of course, in the most unlikely of times, the pattern decided it wanted to be broken while I was driving on a major highway. Big rigs all around me, taking deep breaths. What somebody would otherwise suggest is an anxiety attack which is simply you being out of complete alignment, not living in the present, the past creeping up on you, the future holding way too much energy. You just become completely out of whack. And so I literally had to breathe and I gripped a wheel pretty tight contemplated pulling over, but I know what my body can do. And as I was driving, I said to myself, I know what this is because I've been down this road before. My whole self as I know it is about to crack wide open. And I have the opportunity here to rewrite a major narrative that has been playing in the story of my life that's no longer serving me, that is not going to take me to my next level, that is going to hold me back if I don't put in the work. And so I took a deep breath and I started to ask myself, what is it that's showing up? What have my signs been? And as I'm asking this question, I kid you fucking not. Names popped up on cars beside me. Numbers that led me into the direction of that. Words that I needed to hear. And as the universe was drawing a big, bold, dark underline under what was really happening, and giving me that tangible evidence so that I wouldn't doubt. I inherently understood what the lesson was. And I asked for a sign. And I received a beautiful video message. 
which I later heard while I was pulled over. That in that moment, in that moment, because I saw it ding on my dashboard, was exactly what had to come through. And that beautiful person was so open to the universe that they were allowed to be a vessel. And that type of openness, you've all experienced it where you're just, it's a call or I don't know why I have to tell you this, or I just saw you and this is what I thought about you, where you are a vehicle delivering a message for someone who's asked for it. And in that moment, that's what I needed to hear. And so I arrived safely home and pulled into the driveway, which was the tangible evidence of where my life is headed, parked the car, which was the proof of where I no longer wanted to be. And I could touch the material, the external reality of who I was while I was staring at who I had become. And I realized I was in this place of limbo and that the lesson that had to unfold was what was going to allow me to get to the other side. And it was a very, very hard lesson to learn. There was something I had to remove from my life that was my drug. And I don't drink. And I don't do drugs. But drugs is an addiction in any form. And there are people who are addicted to many things. And when I sat and had to get really quiet and had to face my addiction head on, I realized how it had woven itself in to the tapestry of my entire narrative up until that moment. And I inherently understood that if I was going to continue in this forward motion to step into this woman that I wanted to become, I had to stop and let my veins run clear. And even though it's not an addiction to a substance, people have addictions in so many forms. People are addicted to television, social media. I realized inherently what my body was going through in that last week was the up level, the awakening, the awareness. But the withdrawal because I had made a conscientious choice to excommunicate that from my life. And my body was going into shock. And my ego was angry. Boy, was it fucking angry. Because it knew how to run that pattern on repeat. And because I had excommunicated this addiction and I had removed every trace of it, every possible avenue I could go down to get it. My ego was convulsing. It was in search. It wanted to grasp onto anything it could because it knew how to go there. It knew what to do. But there was nothing for it to run that pattern on anymore. Because I was committed in my soul and in my heart to changing, 
and it threw a fucking tantrum, is what it did. And so I sat there, understanding, aware of what had happened. And I exhaled. Because I was doing something I had never done before. 40 years of running the same pattern on repeat. And I knew where it came from. I knew. Because when you rewind and you put in your work, and this is not work you can do alone, when you understand and trace everything back to that moment where you made the decision that that was a part of your life, whatever it is, you can see how it repeated over time to keep you in the same safe place where ego begs you to stay because growth is ugly. Growth is scary. Growth sometimes makes you think that you're going batshit crazy. Growth causes people that you love the most in your life to commit to you having a problem rather than realizing that together you could shatter the world. And so I come to you from a place of honesty and vulnerability at all times. And I've done the scary shit. I've done the fucking hard things. I've put in the work. And I can tell you that anything is possible when you commit to the change that allows you to grow into the best version of yourself. Is it easy? Fucking hell no. But it's so worth it. And so for all of you out there, who are nodding your head yes in this moment when I say I thought I was crazy. I thought I was having a breakdown. You were. You were breaking down patterns that were no longer serving you. I tell you that while you're in your house and ego's thrown a party, once spirit joins in, the party changes. And one by one, you open the front door and you send out any uninvited guest. And you shut that door hard. Put every lock on that you can find. And you hole up inside those four walls and get cozy with this new version of you until you feel strong enough, in alignment enough, Confident enough to stand strong in who you've become so that you can walk out that front door and light up the fucking world.
It's Catherine Macri, and this is a spiritual knockout. Today, we're going to talk about addiction. It's something that all of us experience at some point in time. Addiction doesn't have to do with drugs and alcohol. It has to do with any vice that you use in a disempowering way to escape from what it is that you're not willing to deal with. I mean, through all the time that I've been seeing my clients, I've seen addicts come and go in many ways. Yeah, it's taboo to be addicted to drugs, to be addicted to alcohol, even to be addicted to sex. But addictions go far and wide. I've seen clients be addicted to spending money. I've seen them be addicted to bodily harm. I've seen them be addicted to sex. I see them be addicted to social media. And what it is, is a fight again, as always, between our spirit and our ego. Ego wants you to be unwilling to deal with the circumstances that are shaking your spirit to the core. Because when you deal with them and you lean into the issue, solve the problem up level, lift the veil. So many terms we can use for that. You become a better version of you. And so ego wants you so much to stay where it knows, to put your patterns on repeat, to run the program. And so addiction allows us to escape that with which we're not ready to deal. I mean, I've done it in so many forms. You have to understand what your vices are. There was a point in time where I was addicted to alcohol, where I would polish off three quarters of a bottle of scotch easily because I was unwilling to deal with what life was putting before me because it was work. But what I didn't realize that in every moment that I touched that disempowering habit, I slipped further and further away from aligning with my greatest self. And yeah, in the beginning, your habits, maybe even social media, five minutes here, maybe sex, one night stand. It doesn't seem like much in the beginning. But when it compounds over weeks and months, oh God, years, you float so far away from who you are at your core. And the universe will continue to send you messages over and over. And they get louder. My loves, they get louder until they stop you dead in your tracks. The universe is begging you to come back from how far out you have floated. And so addictions are simply coping mechanisms that we utilize to slip down the rabbit hole of numb bliss, stillness, silence. God, if I tell you how many times I've heard addicts in one shape or another describe the bliss of silence that they feel when they slip into their addiction. It's our unwillingness to deal 
with circumstances, with life events from the past, with the ways that our life is begging us to up-level. I've had beautiful clients that I've experienced and walked through their life with them move away from these quote-unquote non-conventional addictions. At the core of all addictions, it's the same thing. Unwillingness to see what is before you, to feel what's in your heart, and to heal. And so I want you to take a moment and to ask yourself a candid question. To survey your life and understand what are the ways that you use something as a vice, as what you're addicted to, to slip out and away from your reality. And I'm going to bring this home really fucking simple right now. How many of you are unhappy in your life, unhappy in your marriage? Let's just even say find yourself sitting on the couch at nighttime next to your spouse. And you grab your phone and you slip into social media. Where there's a living, breathing person beside you. The person who you chose to spend your life with. And you are so disconnected as you are both plugged in to the screen in front of you. Plugged in to the seemingly beautiful life that other people have. Slipped in to somebody else's non-reality. And so I fucking beg of you to wake up, to see the ways that you slip out of what is before you and become addicted to being disjointed from what is presently in front of you. Ask yourself, what are you running away from? It's hurt and it's pain. And it takes work. And so I want you to admit to yourself what that is. And I want you to ask yourself a really fucking hard question. Are you the person who's willing to put in the work to create the change? Or are you contented flipping the autopilot switch on and slipping down the rabbit hole? And I will go in another podcast into ways that you can deal with that. But this is heavy. And so for today, I want you to have the audacity to survey your life. To be really fucking honest with yourself. What are your vices? What is it that you're addicted to? Don't turn your fucking frown upside down over people who are addicted to drugs and alcohol. And that snicker and sneer where you roll it off your shoulders and say, I'm not really an addict. Ask yourself what your vices are. Ask yourself where it is that you slip away. I've worked with people addicted to porn. 
I've worked with people addicted to painkillers. I've worked with people addicted to shopping. At the core of it, it's all an escape from what you're unwilling to deal with. And at the core of that is a driving emotion. It's your need to feel special, to feel wanted, to feel like you matter. Or it's your need to feel a connection to something, to anything. And for most of us, and I can say this because my lovelies, I've been down the fucking road before. You cannot teach what you have not been through. And I have been blessed with so many fucking hard lessons that I'm able to bring this to you with such conviction because I know what the bottom looks like and I know what it takes to scratch your fucking way out of it. So take a long, hard look and ask yourself where you get high. Ask yourself what you're running away from. And really ask yourself if you're willing to do what it takes to step into your greatness and walk away from what's no longer serving you. Today's intention was to be completely thought-provoking. And it's heavy. And I'm going to leave you with that. We are all addicts in one way or another. Understand what your vices are. Open your heart up to where your pain lies. Take a long, hard look in the mirror and understand what it is that you're really after. Peace out.